It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life for this. <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And you're streaming the Morning Side Hug. Completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian. We are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com. On today's show... Things that make little to no sense during social distancing. Plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, today is May 18th, and we've got a holiday to celebrate. We do. It's National No Dirty Dishes Day. I took my time saying that because I knew it was going to be difficult (laughs) with all the Ds. National No Dirty Dishes Day. Whether you're a mother, father, sister, brother, or roommate, no one likes dirty dishes. That is why on May 18th, we celebrate National No Dirty Dishes Day, a holiday most likely created by an upset parent. National No Dirty Dishes Day has sinks all around the world rejoicing at the thought of having a light workload and a clear space on this day. So keep sinks happy and do your part by saying no to dirty dishes. See, I don't understand this holiday. Okay, I'm listening especially the way this was written because again we don't we don't write these this is part of the prep service that we pay for but if it's national no dirty dishes day and it's supposed to be about an upset parent who doesn't want to do all the dirty dishes how are you going to have it where the sinks are clear unless you do the dishes i'm with you (laughs) i'm in agreement here it should be all the dirty dishes. Right. Day. It should be let them pile up day. I'm yeah. not doing anything. Yeah. Tomorrow we'll take care of the dishes. Uh-huh. I'm with you. But I think that that comes from a person who hates doing dishes. Yeah. It is my biggest, most loathed really? house chore. I hate See, dishes. See, for me, I would say laundry would be really? the thing that oh. I don't want to do. I don't know if it's like the three-step process, really a four-step process of laundry that I enjoy. Mm. Like, okay, I'm going to wash it and then I'm going to dry it. In it. I'm going <laughs> to fold it and I'm going to deliver it. I don't mind doing laundry. I hate doing the dishes. Hmm. Hate it. That's strange. Yeah. Why are you surprised? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, Mo, how's life been going? We technically recorded the last two weeks worth of shows in one day, so it's been two it's actual been weeks two since whole we've weeks. been together. So what's been going on? I was trying to think. You said so, Mo. I was trying to think of something that I could say back to you <laughs> that rhymed with Matt, but there's Because I'm fat. <laughs> fat Matt. <laughs> Mo's making a face. She hates it when I make that joke. I am not that friend that's like, let's pick on you. You have one of those friends. I am not her. <laughs> Just makes it awkward for everyone. Um, so we are seeing the light at the end of our quarantine renovation project. Oh, right. And I am so happy. Yeah. There's, we have in... In our house, we have two living spaces, which we've always used as two living rooms. 
we're going to use the one now as a more of a formal dining room now that our kids are older and each of them have oh, TVs. See, okay, I don't think I heard that part of the project. Oh, I yeah. didn't know you were actually changing it into a different room. Yep. Interesting. Yep. So we made the front room that you kind of walk into from the front door our living room, that big oh, okay. open space. So That, that confuses is... me even more. Isn't that the section that you're... Are you replacing the flooring in both? We're replacing the flooring in all the uh, the living areas. The hallway okay. that leads to the bedrooms and the bathroom. And then both living spaces. Okay. Yeah. So that big front room is now our living room. And the room that's attached to the kitchen that we used as the living space, that's going to be the dining room. And that was like the main living room uh-huh. for you guys. Like that's where everyone hung out. Mm-hmm. It's gonna and be it's weird just to so experience for the it, first time. Probably that happens. Probably, <laughs> we are loving it so far. We're loving the change. But in that room, we have the weird. So we have the fireplace off in the corner, and that wall is just kind of awkward. Like there's three different forty-five degree angles in one wall, and so right. we were we were finished last night. Came up onto that portion of the wall, and Chris was like, "I'm too tired to try and tackle." 45 degree angles right now i will wake up tomorrow and finish this room off so hopefully by the time we're done recording (laughs) today i get to go home to completed floors in my house cool i'm gonna need you to send me a picture i'm super excited uh, of your dining room set up once it's ready to go we even got a huge new dining table that seats 12 people so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Are the that. chairs at a normal height for yes. normal people? Yeah. That was the big thing. Chris and they I were those, done. What are they called? They're, it's uh, like a pub style. Pub style, yeah. But where you're high up off the ground. Mm-hmm. And when you're a, a large individual, being that high up on the ground on a semi-rickety wooden chair, it's terrifying the whole time. Because <laughs> you're just waiting for it to just collapse underneath you. And you have a long fall ahead of you at that point <laughs> they have they have always held up <laughs> every single time they've always held up but yeah we that was one of the things because for me when i sit in the, those chairs i end up losing blood flow in my legs my feet swell I'm like i get up out of the chair after playing games at the table and i'm like i can't sit in these chairs i hate these chairs so got rid of that one and got a, a farmhouse style table Oh, okay. Cool. Getting with the times. I'm excited for you. I'm excited. Uh, let's see. We uh, we put in a security system in our house. That was our big project over the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll talk about more of that another day. Oh. But um, <laughs> okay. The the big thing going on right now is Deidre and I are both contemplating starting keto together because you know. The, the, the quarantine 15 hit me pretty hard. It's because it's been more like a quarantine 30 on my end. Matt's and so, so upset. That... I am very, yeah. I was doing so well. I was doing so good. And then this giant communal depression stress ball hit the entire world. And I have just been, not all of us have been. I mean, that's been the big thing. All of us have been struggling with not just overeating and gaining weight this entire time that we're stuck at home or overly stressed out because we're not stuck at home but we're living in this weird world 
Uh, so yeah, so I'm upset about it, mm-hmm. um, but I haven't been deciding what I want to do yet. And Daedra, um, about a week ago, said, I've really been thinking about doing the keto thing, but I'm going to need you to help me figure out what I can eat and, and all this kind of stuff, because I don't really know what I'm getting into. I said, okay, I mean, I can definitely help you. And then I just threw out, without thinking, maybe I'll do it with you. And she said, oh, that would be great. And I said, well, hold on. Let me think about it. And I feel like this has been the hardest decision of my life in that I am literally 50-50 on if I want to do it or not. Yeah. And every single day since I said, let me think about it, I have just go 100% one direction. Yeah, let's do this. It'd be cool. Well, I could absolutely do that. And 100% the other direction an hour later of there is no way I'm getting on keto again if I can avoid it. <laughs> and so I still, at this moment, I have two days left to decide <laughs> if I'm going to do it with her or not. But, uh, oh gosh. I don't Just know. take it week by week. Yeah. I think I'm leaning that direction. Just to, if probably not for a super long period of time, mm-hmm. but maybe just to at least to get going in the right direction mm-hmm. again. But yeah, still not willing to commit to it at this point. Kickstart <laughs> your body and get it back into the whole process of losing. Losing instead of yeah. gaining. Yeah. Uh, you can do it. I do. Yeah. I think the, the main thing keeping me in at least 50-50 is the fact that we have that 5K in October. Mm-hmm. Cause it puts that, I think, I think I put that on a post recently about that saying that it gives me a deadline that is far enough away that I can get a lot done, Mm -hmm. but not far enough away for me to piddle fart around and not get busy. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the only thing that's keeping me leaning anywhere near the possibility of getting on keto again. (laughs) That I think... I, I mean, I'm going through the same thing with the whole, okay, <laughs> it's far enough away, but yet it's it's going to be here it'll before be here. I know yeah, it. It will be yeah. here in no time. So oh. get it together. Get it together. And oh. I've drug you into it this time, so there's no... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no turn around. I do want to start like... I need to start like jogging or something yeah. just to get... Because I used to do that, but it was it's been... I don't know, five, six years now since Joey was here. Mm-hmm. Him and I used to go jog uh, at the at the murder trail here in Gosh, our town. I know. Town where a lady just legit got stabbed with out her of nowhere. Kid with her. Right. And it wasn't anybody that knew her, right? Mm-hmm. It was just some random. I'm pretty certain it was a random. Wackadoo. Mm-hmm. Just somebody else out there. But it's like they closed it for a week. And that was <laughs> and it. That was it. There's no protection. Like you walk out into what's essentially a tree-surrounded field half a mile inward, and you can't really see into the area. There's no security. There's no cameras. There's nothing. I've never just, been. Just, you've never been out there? Mm-mm. Oh, because. It's actually nice. Well, that's what I've heard. you need to go with people. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Everybody's always like, you should go. And I'm like, I don't want to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to get back into doing something like that at least. 
build up my uh, lungs a bit more. Yeah, but you know what stinks? And I've thought about this too. Maybe I shouldn't tell you this. Uh, It's all right. I need to know everything. Well, but it's the start of summer. And it's going to be blazing Blazing hot hot. Mm -hmm. to go out there. So, yeah. I'd have to go in the morning anyway with my schedule. I'd have to go at like 5 a.m. Yeah. Which I look forward to. (laughs) Coming up next, finally... A coronavirus mask with a hole in it for drinking. Genius. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. Today's lesson is from Genesis 1 of the Coronavirus Bible. The beginning. In the beginning the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, so as to stop germs spreading. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God made the light stay two metres away from the darkness, the first day. And God said, Let there be a dome in the waters, and let it separate the waters above from the waters below. And there was social distancing between the bodies of water, the second day. And God said, Let dry land appear, and bring forth all kinds of vegetation, plants bearing seeds and fruit and vegetation, for God was stockpiling. The third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the sky to separate day from night, because the days were blending one into another, and it was hard to keep track. The fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of creatures, birds and fish both. Let them be fruitful and multiply. For there was no vegetables left on the shelves after the initial panic buying. The fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, wild animals and cattle and everything that creeps, because you can only eat fish and poultry so long before it gets repetitive. The sixth day. And God said, Let us make man in our own image, because plants and animals just don't have good conversation. And God gave the man dominion over the fish and birds and creatures, but limited him to taking two of each item at a time. The sixth day. Again. For as stated earlier, the days were merging one into the other. And on the seventh day, God rested at home, as it was a responsible thing to do. The Coronavirus Bible contains more than 60 stories and parables with COVID-19 satirical takes, including Genesis 11, The Tower of the Toilet Rolls, Psalm 23, the Lord is my sales assistant and I shall not want in panic buying. John 2, Jesus turns water into hand sanitizer. Luke 10, the parable of the social distancing Samaritan. And of course, the classic Ephesians 6, put on the PPE of God. The Coronavirus Bible, available at Amazon, with all proceeds going to faith-based charities, supporting those in need during this crisis. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And we're going to kick off the second hour with five random facts. Five random facts. The Black Panther is the richest superhero out of all the Marvel and DC characters. With an estimated value of $90.7 trillion, he's also the wealthiest fictional character of all time. (laughs) Interesting. 
Uh, if Earth suddenly stopped spinning, the atmosphere would still be in motion with the Earth's original 1,100 mile per hour rotation speed at the equator. Wind and tsunamis would destroy everything almost instantly. If that doesn't bring you comfort. <laughs> the world's quietest room is at Orfield Labs in Minneapolis. The chamber is so quiet, you can hear your own organs and the rush of blood th- flowing through your body. After 30 minutes, you'll begin to hallucinate. The longest anyone has lasted inside is 45 minutes. They have videos of people doing this uh, online, like going into this place. And, like, I don't know if you've been to, you know, it's, uh, they have them, like, in choir rooms where they're trying to dampen the noise. And they have, like, wall panels that are made of foam. And mm-hmm. they kind of come out little period pyramids. Mm-hmm. Well, this room has those foam pyramids. But they are so pointy they're like the length of my forearm here or maybe even longer and so it's like just this giant wall of foam spikes all the way around you and yeah i mean they they filmed a guy sitting in there and he's just it's it's the quietest room but it becomes the loudest thing in existence because you're hearing all of the movements and glugs and uh, inside your body. That's so weird. And then he started seeing like things darting about the room. <coughs> that's yeah, insane. Pretty... <laughs> I mean, that's that's nuts. Yeah, no, thank you. Mm-mm. Hey, this one's fun. Shakespeare invented the word swagger. <laughs> My wife didn't know that Shakespeare invented a lot of the words in his plays. Yeah. Yeah, this was a new thing. She just learned yesterday. Yep. Um, And the longest word in any of the major English language dictionaries is 45 letters long. Uh, Numo. No. Nope. What is it, Matt? No, I put it on there for you to figure it out. Oh, my gosh. All right. Numo. No. No, I can't. <laughs> it's too early for this. <laughs> Numo. I think it's Numano Ultra Microscopic Silica Volcano Kenosis. Numano Ultra Microscopic. Numano Ultra Microscopic. Silico. Silico Volcano Synosis. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> That's a stupid word. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, as as new social distancing rules are now being touted as going to be commonplace for maybe years, we are all becoming aware that wearing masks out in public will be a standard thing. Uh, here in New Mexico, we were just informed that Masks are now going to be required in every public space, indoor or outdoor, Mm -hmm. uh, moving forward. So that's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, But don't worry if you live in New Orleans, because in New Orleans, they got you covered. Ellen Markumber, an artist, seamstress, and imbiber, said that we're all in New Orleans, and here in New Orleans, we like to drink. She makes just the sort of ornate, feathered, and sequined garments you'd associate with celebrations like Mardi Gras. But with tourism down, she couldn't afford to pay her assistance. So, like many fashion houses, McCumber turned into producing something a lot of people told her they wanted, COVID-19 masks. 
At the suggestion of a friend, McComer added her own spin. She created a mask with a small hole in the middle, which you can fit a straw in for sipping cocktails. She and her assistant produced 40 masks in a week for $30 a piece. They sold out within 30 minutes. And now, McComber is trying to ramp up production. With the handmade process, puts a natural limiter on it. Each mask takes an hour to complete. <sighs> I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. It literally is a normal mask, and it has a slot in the middle seam that you can put a straw in. Doesn't that remove... <laughs> The purpose of what the mask is there to do. I mean, the I mask, would think the mask already doesn't do that much good. Exactly. When it comes to coughing and breathing and all this stuff, it's. Uh, I think someone compared it to putting up a chain link fix fence to keep mosquitoes out. Yep. Um, but but just cutting a hole in the front of it. Yeah. I'm... I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll let her know our governor was at least wise enough to say that while eating, drinking, or exercising, you don't have to wear your mask. So if if drinking is that important to you in your lifestyle, then move to New Mexico. You don't have to wear your mask while you're drinking. <laughs> now, to be fair, it's not just like they, they took scissors and, you know, cut a hole out. What they did is that they have like a kind it's almost kind of like a men's underwear situation with mm-hmm. a flap of fabric and a flap of fabric that you have to kind of angle open. But still, right? there's still open air at some point in some angles. Much easier to get through. It's just not not safe. Mm-hmm. Not smart. Mm-mm. If we're going to do this at all, let's at least do it right. Right. You can take off your mask and not breathe for a second to take a sip of your uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And instead of just spending your entire time wearing the mask being slightly more at risk. Meh. Uh. <laughs> also, it just looks terrible. Does it? <laughs> Especially with certain colors of mask. Because then it starts to look like body parts of certain nature. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. It's gross. Don't do it. <laughs> But hey, you do you, New Orleans. You do you, boo-boo. It's obvious people wanted to do this. They said they kept selling out every time they made them. They were selling for 30 bucks a piece. That's insane That's a lot for a mask. Mm -hmm. Guys, we got companies here, stores here, selling for six to eight bucks a piece. Oh, yeah. And even that seems high to me. But whatever. Some people, it's important. It is. (laughs) Coming up next, more things that make no sense right now. We'll be back at the top of the hour with more of the Morning Side Hug right here on Back Row Radio. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. Remember, if you only listen to our Back Row Morning shows here, then you're missing the amazing Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie music that plays all throughout the shows, as well as all day, every day. Join us for our full three-hour morning shows live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Christian Radio Station for people who hate Christian radio. Backrowradio.com Or download the Live 365 app and favorite Back Row Radio. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And, well, you know what? It's that time. It's that time to talk about the coronavirus. And all the weird things we're starting to get used to that seem to make no sense. Mm. Mo, what kicked off this this uh, topic for, for us <laughs> when we were kicking around show ideas? <laughs> well, what kicked it off was I was watching television and a commercial came on for a certain fast food restaurant who has an ad for contactless delivery. You can name names. It's okay. Burger King. <laughs> um... <laughs> And I've experienced this as we've gone through the Taco Bell drive-through, we've gone through the Burger King drive-through a couple times, and I've seen their whole contactless delivery and how they are approaching it. And it just makes very little sense to me. So I don't think I've actually seen that in in a fast food restaurant. So what, what happens? Okay, so what happens is you are given your food... Through a through the window, on a tray, in the bag, okay. So from that tray, you take your bag and you put it into your car and you go home, right? Yeah. Okay. Which is I'm sure great. I'm now receiving my bag from a tray instead of from your hand. Sure. Got it. However, once I start to go through that bag, I'm going to come in contact. Probably with my hands, the food at which you prepared, hopefully with your hands. <laughs> and so, therefore, the contactless delivery that was so important is now null and void because the contact preparation <laughs> outweighs the contactless delivery. Yeah, it's, it's essentially just keeping you from the possibility of bumping fingers with mm-hmm. the person handing you the food. Exactly. Which, <laughs> they are the one that bagged it. <laughs> so if they have germs on their hands, their germs will be on that bag as you open it up. Exactly. They all touched it, building it together. They all wrapped it up. They all put it in the bag. And just because in that last instance, you didn't accidentally bump knuckles mm-hmm. with <laughs> the mm-hmm. drive through person. I... So- <laughs> And here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, all of our food Safety. service people wear gloves, right? Mm-hmm. And they wear gloves because that's supposed to be healthier. It's supposed to be safer when preparing our foods. Well, if it's safe enough for them to prepare my food, then it should be safe enough for me to receive it from their hand and not possibly contact. <laughs> right. Because it does start to give you that implication of why are they so unsanitary? Exactly. That they can't hand me the bag. Exactly. <laughs> and why am I okay with them making my food? <laughs> so uh, I was watching a Domino's commercial. Okay. And uh, there's two aspects of this commercial that got me thinking how ridiculous this is. The first one was that the main part of this commercial was them talking about how uh, the last time human hands touch your pizza, our hands touch your pizza, is before we put it into a you know 600 degree oven or whatever it is. Uh, from there, and it shows you know after that it gets on the pizza paddle right into the box, cut it with this big thing that your hands never touch the pizza, close the box. And take it. I'm like, okay. 
that's normal. I mean, that's, of course, you're not going to touch it with your hands. It's hot at that point. Right. So I get that. But you're touching the box. Mm-hmm. Touching the pizza cutter. <laughs> I mean, there's. And we've been told that these germs spread quickly and they, they remain on surfaces. Uh-huh, including cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> and, but then they talked about contactless delivery, but they wouldn't show what that was. They just said, and we now offer contactless delivery. And so you have to think in your mind the reason why they wouldn't show that. If they're showing every other aspect of it and then focusing on contact delivery, but they won't show that, is because it would look terrible. Mm -hmm. Because essentially, the only way it could be done is, we're going to drop your pizza on the floor outside your house, Mm -hmm. and then you can come get it. Mm -hmm. Or it's like a hostage situation where you're like, all right. Drop the pizza. Kick yeah. it over to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not... <laughs> We've <There's> no... <laughs> we so we have opted for because you know when you order your pizza online you can click well maybe you don't know but when you order your pizza online you can select for contactless delivery. Oh, okay? I did notice that. Yeah, because okay. that's how I knew we we ordered some yesterday. Yeah. So we've done that once in all this floor redoing and house renovation my kitchen every piece of furniture is in my kitchen Mm. so there is no making any food any meals right now (laughs) so we've got this whole contactless delivery thing down to a science at this point we know what it looks like for each restaurant but because we were in the middle of doing the floor we decided you know what we're going to do contactless delivery this time even though it's ridiculous and silly it's just convenient to not have to stop what we're doing to see somebody, you know, and exchange pleasantries. Just drop the pizza. We'll get it when we when we have a free second. Right. And I totally went back to Home Alone where he's playing the, the video recording oh, right. and yeah. just leave it there, you know, and the kid. Anyway. Leave it at the door and get out of here. Yeah, that's exactly what I went to. Like, as my kids are watching through the window, because they're not helping with the floor, and I'm like, guys, stop. Just leave the delivery person alone. Is he sick? Right? But again, they had to hold our pizza, (laughs) set it down with their hands, and we went and picked it up and carried it into our home. With our hands. So truly, it, it's right. not so, contactless. That, of course, absolutely silly. A couple other silly things. Uh, you know, we, we heard, I think a lot of us heard the news stories a few weeks ago of like people that are out surfing in the middle of the ocean alone. Police coming and like arresting them. Mm-hmm. Like, how could you get more safe? From coronavirus than being in the middle of the ocean by yourself. Yeah. Not just six feet from anybody, but hundreds of feet Mm -hmm. away from anybody. And yet that's got to be stopped. That's got to be put to an end. Um, Instead, we have, like we talked about, New Mexico, we're going to have to be wearing masks now in all public gatherings, inside and outside. But they also kind of expect you to wear it pretty much all the time. And so if you go to a park and there are other people at the park, you're expected to be wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not within six feet of these people, outdoors, 
we had our governor talking about look at it and i don't i don't dislike our governor all that much i disagree with her on a lot but i do believe that in most cases she's genuine with what she's saying Mm -hmm. i believe she's doing what she thinks is correct Mm -hmm. but that being said she had she had brought up that some that people had brought up that that idea of why would we need to wear it outdoors if we're not like like if it's a big area where we're all on top of each other sure but if we're just like outdoors at a park why would we need to wear a mask when we're not going to be in close contact with people and we have the open air so well the droplets could blow well yes okay sure but that could happen anywhere someone could sneeze in a room you know of a house and we walk into it five minutes later and it could still exactly. be there you can't <laughs> you can't account for every stray air droplet in the world and thus meaning we need to wrap ourselves in cellophane so we don't get some invisible droplet mm-hmm. like there's there's just there's a limit to how far we need to go when it comes to you know protecting ourselves versus being sane individuals mm-hmm. One of those is wearing a mask while you're alone driving in your car. Have you seen these people? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Typically, though, it's those people that are completely fully decked out. Like, they've got their mask. They've got their glove. I've seen people with hairnets, which to me, I'm not, I, I don't follow that one. I don't understand. But at this point, like, we should all just be issued hazmat suits to wear. Yeah. So I'll walk around in uh, astronaut outfits. I mean, that's what we're what, what it's coming to. Um, wearing gloves, we talked about like in food service, makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Wearing gloves out in public doesn't make as much sense unless you're changing your gloves out every so often, mm-hmm. every like ten minutes. Yeah, because as soon as you touch something. It's just as if it was on your hand. Exactly. Now it's on your glove. Mm-hmm. You can touch your face. It's on your face. That glove doesn't kill the germs. And what on your fingers is going to get you sicker? Like if you got the germ on your finger as opposed to the glove, right. it's not like that germ's going to seep in through the pad of your finger. Mm-hmm. You're going to touch your face and it's going to get in that way. Well, the same thing will happen if you touch your face with a glove on. <laughs> You're touching your phone, which is the nastiest thing on your person, touching all kinds of stuff at the store, and you think you're safe, and it's not changing a dang thing. And in fact, could be made worse because you can't really clean the gloves. Oh, you can yeah. wash your hands, mm-hmm. sanitize your hands. Can't really do that with the gloves. I That has been one of the things that's like, really? When I see it happen, people using hand sanitizer on their gloves. Like their gloves have just become a part of their body now and they're hand sanitizing their gloves. And I'm like, you you could have done that that already What with your hands. Yeah. So there, there was a big stink. We, I think that in the past we've talked about this Facebook page, but we have a a Facebook page for our town. You bring it up a lot actually on the show. (laughs) I think I've only done it a small handful of times. So you can hush. (laughs) But we have a a Facebook page for our town here, and it's just, it's a lot of drama. It's exactly what you think it would be. Exactly. (laughs) An unmonitored, terrible 
garbage fest. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the few sane voices getting shouted down by nut jobs. Exactly. <laughs> so when all of this started happening, it was a big, you know, fast food restaurants are wearing gloves. Why is why aren't the employees at Walmart expected to wear gloves? And it was that exact mentality of how many people do you think they come in contact with throughout their day, throughout their eight-hour shift, they're going to have to change their gloves every single time they have a new customer. Yeah. Every single time. Because I am picking up things and putting them into my cart and then putting them on the belt, and that person is then picking up the same items that I have touched with my hands to ring them up and bag them. Mm -hmm. And then she's going to bag someone else's items with the same gloves? No. No, it is just easier to not wear gloves, have a huge Purell hand sanitizer pump next to her register, and after each customer, hand sanitize. Easier and much cleaner. Yes. In the long run. Uh, So the other thing, sticking with supermarkets, have you gone to a supermarket, like uh, I think our Albertsons has it, where they have the plastic covering now over Hmm. the buttons? Yes. Yes. What yes. does that do? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, other than it's preserving the the ATM right. thing. I mean, it looks great under right. there. <laughs> the only thing I can think of that might be slightly more beneficial is that it might be easier to clean. To wipe but down. But I never see them do that. I know. <laughs> I've been standing in lines long, deep into the aisles. And mm-hmm. I haven't seen one person come up there with a spray bottle or a wipe right. in between customers. So it's essentially just like instead of getting the germs on the buttons, we'll get the germs on the coverings on the buttons. Yeah. But either way, the germs are still there. Not doing any good. It it yeah. <laughs> I've from the first time that I saw it, I was like, Why? Why who thought that this was a good idea? Okay, I'm there's nothing I can say or do about it. I'm going with it, but whatever. <laughs> whatever, guys. I've seen a lot of like the plexiglass. Mm-hmm. That they put up in between cashiers. Now, some of these places, I, I think that works great. Absolutely. Like fast food places uh, where they have it up there where they just kind of have a slot to stick their hand out and give you the food. Mm-hmm. That's great because you're keeping your face and your germs up high. It's going to hit the window if you sneeze or whatever. That's great. But like at Albertsons, it's on the stand. And the only place they can set it up because of the way these things have been built for centuries is that the cashier section is right in front of the person mm-hmm. without the glass. And mm-hmm. There's no way to put that glass there. So they just have it sitting over next to them in front of the area where they put all the groceries yep. for the other person to grab and bag. Nobody's standing there. Yeah. There's nothing to <laughs> Yeah. There's nothing to protect behind that glass. Yep. So what's uh, the most annoying about you know, plexiglass is when you've got your cashier who is already soft spoken mm-hmm. is also now wearing a mask <laughs> and is behind this plexiglass per- partition between you and you and her. Mm-hmm. And there's one lady at Lowe's who fits this description perfectly. And at the customer service desk, they have those. I think at every register, actually, they have them. But we've been to customer service a lot in the last month or so. <laughs> so 
And that's where she's always working. And I always try my hardest to stand behind the plexiglass so that I can, you know. Play along. Do my <laughs> my right citizen task. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I have to always pop my head kind of to the side around the plexiglass, you know. Just so that I can actually hear what she's saying. And I can see it on the other three customer service workers, their face as they're looking at me like, there's a window there for a reason. Get behind the little window. No, I can't hear what she's saying to me. I'm not able to understand the instructions she's giving me because she's so soft-spoken. We need to have the bank teller set up where we have that like little metal grid thing yes. in the middle where we can speak through yes still kind of protects the germs <laughs> so difficult <laughs> oh man yeah i mean that's why places like who do that on a regular basis they almost have an intercom system set yeah. up because you can't hear through that stuff <laughs> it's true it's hard enough to hear with the muffling of, of the, the mask. mask yeah i mean i was watching the president's uh one of the most re- more recent president things, president, what are they called? Briefings. There we go. Daily briefings on the COVID-19 crisis. And they were in the question part and there was a lady trying to ask questions in the mask. Donald Trump's like, you're going to have to take it off. I can't hear you. <laughs> and she took it off <laughs> because they're outdoors and sitting six feet apart from everybody. She said it again. And he's just like, I can't hear what she's saying. Do you hear what she's saying? <laughs> On I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> That's how I feel at Lowe's every time. I can't hear what she's saying. Do you hear what she's saying? I can't hear what she's saying. Poor Chris has hearing loss. And so oh, yeah. he just kind of looks at me for interpretation every time. He's just going about life smiling and nodding. He yeah. is. Yep. He mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man. It's so... <sighs> so... What do, you, what do you time. think about, I want to ask you, I want to ask your opinion. What do okay. you think about the mask requirements overall? Okay. Are you in the camp of, yeah, okay, let's get it done and hopefully this will help and eventually we won't have to do it anymore. Are you in the camp of, this is the government starting to muzzle us? There seems to be some pretty big extremes and there's a lot of people in our area, at least, and I'm sure everywhere. They're like, I am never wearing a mask. I don't care what you say mm-hmm. because it's tyranny. Mm-hmm. Do you lie at either end or somewhere in the middle? I guess like everything else in life, I'm in the middle. I mean, and I don't even like saying that I'm in the middle because I'm, I don't know. I'm above both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the middle. I'm higher. I'm on a higher plane. So here's the thing. I watched I watched the governor the governor's speech, her address, whatever. Um we have been pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for businesses to open, for retail spaces to open, you yeah. know? That's like been the biggest thing. Why can't why why can Walmart be open but small businesses can't? And why can this be open but this can't? Okay. She heard you. She's opening small any retail space. Anything that sells a good, she's opening. But you're going to have to wear a mask. Right. And to me, more things are open. That means greater exposure. Yeah. More people are going to come out. 
if I have to wear a mask to protect myself, to protect my family, to protect the person in front of me in line, then I'm going to wear a mask. I'm not going to throw a fit about it. I'm not going to stomp my feet and scream about it. If I don't want to wear a mask, I'm going to stay home. Yeah. It's just that simple. I, I have a really difficult time with anybody that's like, you can't tell me what to do. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean. We, we kind of can't. The problem is, is that a lot of these... A lot of the people that are doing this, that I've noticed anyway, are also believers. I'm like, yes. well, I mean, we're, uh, certain, but we're supposed to be following what our, our leaders tell us to do. Exactly. As long as it's not against our faith. Wearing a mask isn't against your faith. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think I, that's been the hardest thing for me in all of this. It's just the great amount of... Christians who are so up in arms about everything that's happening, you know, and they're going to worst case scenario every time. Well, Mm -hmm. if you decide not to get tested, then they're going to take your kids and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Okay, then just get tested. What's the harm? (laughs) If they're requiring that you get tested for some reason, get tested. Chris and Cannon have been tested. They've had to Chris has had to go to a doctor's appointment and he took Cannon with him. The two of them have been tested. Cool. Two out of my five family members are not positive for COVID-19. <laughs> Do you know what? And it's just one of those things that's like, we can get up in arms about this and get up in arms about everything else that comes across, or we can take it as what it is. We can comply as long as we're not being forced to do something, like you said, that goes against our faith, something that puts our family in harm. For Pete's sake, everything that they're asking is well-intended. Right. Most, pretty much everything is just overly cautious stuff. Not necessarily like, what's, uh, liberty uh, destroying. Right. I mean, it's not... We're not at the point yet where anybody's like forcing vaccines on people or anything. Mm-hmm. Even the president uh, in that same briefing that I talked about, you know, mentioned, you know, we'll get the vaccines out. You know, some people might not want to take the vaccine. That's OK, but we have to have it available for everybody. That kind of thing. Basically saying it's going to be like a flu vaccine. Yeah, it'll be available. You're going to be highly encouraged to get it, but it's not going to be a forced situation. Right. Those situations might pop up, pop pop down the line. Who knows? And we do have cases of, you know, governors that have like restricted gun sales and all kinds of weird things that don't really have anything to do with the situation that we're in now. Those things, case by case basis, get upset about it. Sure. Yeah. But just overall things that are well intentioned and designed to. I mean, whether they whether we think they're going to work the way they should work or not. They're at least designed to be a help. Yeah. And so masks are not really supposed to be protecting you. They're supposed to be protecting others. Mm -hmm. And so you're wearing it because, of course, we know that you can have this and not even know it. Mm -hmm. And so it's not so much about they're trying to make you be healthy or they're trying to keep you from infecting other people. And it's just a it's a bit of still in that mode of we're all in this together kind of thing. Mm hmm. And if you kind of look at it that way and just realize this is kind of a small sacrifice that is meant to be temporary, it might be longer than we want it to be. Mm -hmm. It might be 
you know, a standard kind of operating procedure for maybe a year or more until we actually get a, a vaccine, which hopefully we will. Um, but it's not, this is not the hill to die on. I know. Especially for, for religious reasons. <laughs> yeah. I had a friend who posted on Facebook about how, you know, we tend, we just, I, maybe it's human nature that we just tend to get angry. We just tend to get frustrated and, and take up arms against things, thinking that people are always against us. We were angry that retail spaces were closed. We were angry that we couldn't go shopping when we wanted to. We were angry that we couldn't go to a restaurant and that we couldn't worship. We couldn't go to church. Okay, those restrictions, there's still going to be limitations on them, but, you know, they're being lifted for the most part. Right. We got a phased plan. Exactly. That'll eventually get us back to some semblance of normalcy. But it's requiring something of you. And because it's requiring something of you, you know, you now want to throw a fit about that. Right. Instead of seeing the positive in it, instead of seeing something to be happy about, okay, great, we're, we're getting back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah. We're able to go shopping, you know. Instead of just Walmart and Target, we're able to go to smaller businesses. We're able to go back to church. Is it going to look different? Yes. Are are all of our friends going to be there? Probably not, because there are restrictions and limitations as to how many people can be in the building at one time. Yeah. But there are going to, there. Things are changing. Things are being lifted, and that's something to be happy about. That's mm-hmm. something to be excited about. I don't know. Yeah. I guess. What I'm saying is for, in the long run anyway, is mm-hmm. for um, for Donald Trump, a lot of people on the conservative side have looked and said, yes, Donald Trump has not handled this perfectly, and every now and then he says something stupid and easily misinterpreted, and he doesn't always make the right decisions, but overall, we think he's trying to do the best he can, and he's done as good as probably anybody else in the position would be given this situation. Apply that same thought logic to most government officials. Oh, yeah. Even if they're on the opposite political spectrum from you and they're coming at this thinking in a different mindset, you can't just assume that everything is just all selfish political nonsense from our governors and from everything else. Assume that they also want normalcy at some point. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, now, sure, there are other, <laughs> there are some that the case can be made. No, they're definitely just power hungry right. uh, dictators in training. But, <laughs> but for the most part, don't don't attribute to malice what can be tr- attributed to ignorance or, you know, just different ideas. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that <laughs> that they're trying to take everything away. That's what that's the big thing. Like with our governor, is I've been I. Again, I don't agree with our governor on so many things, mm-hmm. but I I have not seen in this entire process her being political about yeah. this. If anything, I really believe that she believes what she's doing is going to help in the long run. Mm-hmm. And there are so many people, including a lot of people that I consider close friends, who are going nuts. I know. Just saying that she is just cussing her out and... That they're destroying the country, you know, just going full bore. Yeah. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I think the way that Christians, <laughs> I'm with you 100%. I think the way that Christians are handling this is going to be our ultimate test on our testimony. Mm-hmm. How are we handling this? Because either we're handling it with, uh, you know, 
a small amount of fear, sure, but a whole lot of faith, knowing that in the end, God is the one that's in control. Yeah. Regardless of any decision that the president makes or that our governors make or police officers, state police, whatever, regardless of of anything that can happen to us because of choices we make, God is in control. Yeah. He is in control of all of this. And that's where our faith needs to lie. Instead of getting so frustrated and up in arms and going against every character of a Christian (laughs) by attacking our leaders in office. You know, that just makes me sad. Who are all in a situation that they've never been in before. Exactly. (laughs) It, It breaks my... I had somebody tell me, you know, I really wasn't for or against Trump until this and the way that he's handled he's handled all of this. And I looked at them and I said, how is it any different than how he's handled anything? Yeah. Anything. And the person was like, well, he's just been a little more... Some of the things that he said... Yeah. Again, how is it any different? Yeah, still, than still saying stupid. It is still now. Trump. <laughs> and to be totally honest, he's, I'd rather have someone. No yeah, I'd rather have someone who I. He's going to say exactly what he's feeling and thinking instead I of mean, someone who's hiding there, their. There is a bit of <laughs> a refreshing aspect. It kind about of it. is. It kind of is. But it, at the same time, there are times when I see him tweet things. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Put one person between you and the phone <laughs> to just kind of give you some advice. You got to have your mo that's there to say, hey, go check this. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So the I guess the thing that I'm worried about is, is this first Sunday, here in New Mexico anyway, first Sunday back will probably be for most churches this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so... We're supposed to be wearing masks. Yeah. The exception is for people who are speaking. Mm-hmm. That's what the governor said. So everyone's supposed to be wearing masks. But we know that a lot of the anti-mask people, our church-going people mm-hmm. as well, are we going to have like weird showdowns in our churches as the leaders who are having to follow the government order are having to say, look, you have to put on a mask? Or you have to leave? See, here's the thing. (laughs) And Chris and I had a long discussion about this the other night. I personally, if I were a pastor or if I were in a leadership position making these decisions, you know, if I was somebody of any importance whatsoever, (laughs) um, I don't think that I would be opening my church doors. Yeah. I think I would keep things the way that they are. We could do drive-in church. We could you know, plan certain types of -of out-of-the-box fellowships, you know, where we're not gathering in a closed space together. We're not having to really enforce those rules that have so many people angry and frustrated. And I'm not having to stop at a limit. I'm not having to have people counting as they're coming in the door and then shut the doors and say, sorry, we've met our max. You should have been here early. You know, yeah. to me, that's the one thing that a church never wants to do. Right. A church never wants to turn away people. We never want to say, sorry, we're. I even feel like on a regular Sunday, if some crazy instance happened where we've met our fire quota, mm-hmm. chances are a church isn't going to be counting and it sadly isn't going to turn somebody away if they've met that quota. It just rarely happens. Right. You know? Right. 
But I think there's going to be a lot of churches that do. In order to just meet together, in order to open up their doors and get back to some sort of normalcy, they're going to try and comply to all these rules. And I think it's going to hurt a lot of, uh, I don't want to say hurt a lot of feelings, but it's going to hurt a lot of people. It's going to turn a lot of people away in a time where feelings are already so, emotions are already so heightened. People are scared and they're worried and they're fearful and they're trying to attach on to some amount of normalcy. And now the one place that they're able to go, they may not be able to go. Mm. They're going to be turned away or they're not wearing their masks. And so they're going to be asked to leave the sanctuary. You know, it's just for me, if I were a pastor, I would just say, we're going to stick with drive-in church, guys. (laughs) Well, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting as we try to... It's because it's still not going to be normal for a long time. Right. But as we're trying to get back into step-by-step normalcy, mm-hmm. it's going to be weird. It's been weird already. going to keep being weird. Mm-hmm. All right. We talked about that enough. Coming up next, we <laughs> share something we love. We'll be back in a few with more of the side hug right here on the back row radio. <laughs> morning. Morning side hug. Right here on the side hug morning. Here, radio back. <laughs> I'm tired. Here. <laughs> Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug as our show is coming to a close for today. But first, I want to share with you something that I love. Uh, Deidre and I got to... Um, Got to watch a movie that we haven't seen in a long time. And it was incredibly difficult to get this movie. Because we own the movie. And I ripped the movie onto you know a digital file. But we haven't watched it since I did that. Okay. And so all of our DVDs are packed away somewhere. And we don't even have a DVD player anymore. So we're like, okay, well, I've got a you know an HD... Not an HD, what's it called? A uh, USB... Um, drive big drive mm-hmm. terabyte drive full of our movies and stuff so let's pull that up and let's watch it and it's a movie stranger than fiction with will ferrell mm-hmm. and i know you don't really it's mm-hmm. you right that doesn't yeah. like will ferrell movies yeah i knew there was someone <laughs> in my life that, that was that's... wrong um but... hey, megan kelly doesn't like him either thank you very much she's the wrong generation <laughs> okay. will ferrell fair. was our generation mm. um but anyway, Stranger Than Fiction, actually, probably one of his best movies, because it's not one of the weird, goofball, stupid movies. This was a really heartfelt and really unique story. Have you ever seen it? Mm-mm. Okay, this is one I really do recommend. It's not the typical Will Ferrell that, that you hate. It's a really good dramatic slash, it's like a dramedy. See, the only <clears throat> Will Ferrell that I like is Elf. That's it. Well, that's different. That's a different goofball, Will Ferrell. That's kid goofball, Will Ferrell. That, that should be the Will Ferrell that's always around. Anyway, straight to the <laughs> fiction. Um, we had to, we had to try and find it streaming, and apparently, it's only available for purchase on streaming, even though it's really old and like it should be. And so, I mean, I say really old, but I mean it's old enough, and it wasn't popular enough that it should be behind paywalls, and you're still having to rent it. It should be on some streaming service, but it's not. So we had to eventually just rent the stupid thing to watch it because we were dead set on it. But it was worth it. Um, the premise of the movie, if you haven't seen it, is there's a guy named Harold Crick. And a narrator is telling his story. Uh, and he's, a, he's an IRS auditor 
you know, he's a guy that everybody hates, but he's a very boring person. And, uh, you know, he's sitting there and he's brushing his teeth and he's counting brushstrokes. There it says, Harold simply counted brushstrokes. And then he stops. Because he heard the narrator. And at a certain point, he's walking around his day and he just keeps hearing her every now and then talking about his life. And then he gets to the bus stop and he's waiting and he his watch dies and he fixes it and he hears the narrator say, little did he know that this seemingly innocuous act would lead to his eventual death. And he freaks out right there on the corner. Why? What? Hello? <laughs> and so it was this whole movie of him trying to figure out if he's crazy, if he's schizophrenic, if there really is a narrator, if he is going to die. Then he hears the voice of the narrator on a TV interview and finds out who the author is. And now it's him trying to catch the author before she finishes the book and he dies. It's like, find the author. Interesting. It is a phenomenal movie. I really think you'd enjoy it. It kind of sounds a bit like <clears throat> The Truman Show? Uh, no. Okay. No. Because Truman Show was basically someone living a life as a reality TV star, and he wasn't aware that he was a reality TV star. There wasn't so much a planned story. It was more like a TV show where they just kind of threw things at him and see what would develop. But with this, it's the author doesn't know that she's creating a character okay. in real life. And so she's just writing a book. Okay. <laughs> it's really good. It sounds interesting. Stranger Than Fiction, starring Will Ferrell Ugh. and a few other people you'll recognize, including, I believe, Queen Latifah? Oh. Is that it? A very nice role. That may be, like, <laughs> the only reason I watch it then. <laughs> I'm actually a big Queen Latifah fan. <laughs> All right, let's close out the show with the Bible verse for the day. Our Bible verse for the day comes from Isaiah 43.2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. That is one of my favorite verses. All right. Thank you for joining us. There will be a Back Row Morning Show every weekday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio, and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you miss a morning show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of the Morning Side Hug on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast apps, and catch up on our new Monday through Wednesday. Wednesday shows. The podcast of our Throwback Thursday episodes are reserved for our Patreon donors, as well as other bonus content content and incentives. <laughs> if you listen to Back Row Radio and you want to support what we do here, please consider partnering with us by going to backrowradio.com slash partner. Any size donation will get you our private podcast feed. Guys, Mo wasn't able to get her coffee today. Jeez. The line was too long and she was going to be late, so... Please forgive me. <laughs> That's it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you. Contactless delivery is a lie. And if you see us around, we'd love a side hug. Bye. <laughs>